coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Don't expect too much. It's a mini episode. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Thursday's Nintendo Direct Mini. And then on Thursday, we are kicking off our retro month with talking about The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing so good. I'm so happy to be here with you, Patrick. And I'm so happy to be on the other side of a Nintendo Direct. Oh my gosh, yes. Mini. <laughs> Mini. Mini. Uh, also, it, I, I wanted to point out, quick and early here, we are not doing a mini episode of this show. This is a full, fat episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. It might turn out to be too much. Mm, how do you mean? You mean like in the same way how we're just sometimes too much? Yes, exactly. So like at the end of this episode, people mm. will be crying just tears streaming down their face begging for it to be a right. mini episode of ncs <laughs> that's enough they'll say <laughs> that's enough <laughs> well uh you know what else it's probably enough with is my copy of sonic forces uh the sonic forces borrowing program is currently on hiatus um because i don't want to go to the post office i think that's fair i think that's fair but if you would like to get on the list to eventually someday borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, you can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail <laughs> and uh, I'll put you on the list. Uh, give me a mailing address that I can send my copy of Sonic Forces to. You can play it for as long as you want and then send it back. But of course, that's, uh, you know, when we exist in another time and space, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Speaking of mm -hmm. things that exist in another time and space, thanks to everyone who has added us as friends on Switch. It's been oh, awesome uh, recently. Yes. It's been super great. It's been great to, uh, like, the couple of times that we've done, like, Opened Our Islands on Animal Crossing, but it's also just super cool to see, uh, like, our friends list alive with people playing games. Um, a lot of people playing Animal Crossing, but you're not all sheep. Some of you are playing other games, too. Uh, so yeah, uh, friend us. Our uh, friend codes are in the episode description of every episode. Uh, oh yes, and uh, we we mentioned this uh, that uh, starting this Thursday we are doing our uh, SNES Classics Retro Month. We are doing a Link to the Past uh, this week. If you have any observations about Link to the Past, your best memories of playing the game, whatever, um, email them to us by this Wednesday. Um, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, which of course you are. Um, and then uh, the subsequent subsequent weeks after that, we are doing Super Metroid, um, Yoshi's Island, and Star Fox in that order. So please uh, play along. It'd be fun to... Uh, I, I'm happy to play these games along with you, Mark. But if our listeners are playing too, that's just, it's a more the merrier situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Animal Crossing. <laughs> no surprise. 
No surprises. Um, uh, uh, Mark, before we started recording, you were asking a question um, about your commitment to Animal Crossing. Well, uh, so um, me and friend of the show, June, were talking earlier today, and we were trying to figure out, like, how can we keep Animal Crossing in our lives but not feel like we have to check in on it every day? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I've been mm-hmm. doing, so I've been trying to do some research to find out, okay, like if I go every other day to my island, is that enough to keep everybody happy and like I'll be able to keep the weeds pulled and everything? Or does it have to be every day? Because I would, I'm really enjoying the game, but I think for me to like long term be able to commit to it, I'm going to have to find some balance that isn't like trying to check it every single day, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, because it is hard to, um, like just check in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like anytime I turn the game on, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna say hi to all of my uh, villager friends, and then like, oh yeah, there were like two or three things I wanted to like check up on. You know, when that are are new to the town that day, and then by the time I check on those two things, oh, I've also like picked up some shells, and I gotta sell those, and. Oh, it's the store isn't open yet. So, you know, um, like there's there's always uh, like a million more things to do every time I'm in there. So I I get what you I get what you're going for. But I'm going to say that you're a coward and you should play every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like it's it's too it's too much for me. Like the um, the stress of knowing I have to play every day in order to be playing it optimally is too much. Well, yeah, I mean, there's. There's a thing about optimally playing Animal Crossing that I feel like is in direct contrast to how the game is designed. Obviously, everyone play the game how you want to play the game. Like if you're having fun, then like keep doing that. Um, but like you know, the people who are time traveling right now or who uh, you know are doing like really serious like resource mining to like just get everything as fast as they can feels like it's not in the spirit of the game. Mm-hmm. But again, play games however you want. Like. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, like, you know, that. what I want from Animal Crossing is just a really chill time. And yes. so, yeah, I guess for me, I shouldn't, maybe I just need to have the mindset that, like, yeah, I'm not going to do everything every day. And there are fossils I'm not going to dig up, but I'm not going to, like, get all the resources from the island every single day. And instead, it's just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to check and um, I'll talk to my villagers. And if I have time, maybe I'll try to do something more. But if not, yeah, maybe I'll just hold it to that 20 minutes or whatever it takes to do an initial just like check in with everybody. Well, so here's something uh, that that I noticed regarding like time away from the game. Um, I have not had a single day away from it (laughs) since it came out. Um, But Sarah only played the first day uh, of of the game. Uh, And I think she played it on like Saturday or Sunday, um, the weekend it came out. I th- I think it was Sunday because my villagers started asking about her this Sunday. Um, like they, uh, one of them was like, "Hey, um, I haven't seen Sarah around in a while. Do you know what she's up to?" And another one asked me if I knew what Sarah's favorite sports were. Um, so like after a week, they know enough to start asking about where you are. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. I wonder if that's it. I wonder if it takes like a full week of absence before they even care. Yeah, maybe that would be nice. That'd be really nice. Uh, that being said, I'm going to uh, absolve myself of any responsibility <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if your island plunges into darkness. That's fair. I won't hold you responsible if I go an entire. And I'm not at that point yet. I don't think I'd go an entire week. But it does feel, based on what you're saying, and I'm holding you to this part, 
It seems <laughs> like I, I could go every other day, and he would probably I, be okay. I think that would be fine. You'll miss out on opportunities for sure. Uh-huh. Um, you'll lose your uh, Nook Miles uh, streak bonus. I'd be stuck at 50 forever. Yeah, forever. Um, okay, Mark, we have a question from uh, listener um, Lizzie. Lizzie writes, hello, uh, hope all is well. Illinois went on semi-lockdown, kind of like California, so I'm social distancing just like you guys. And just like you guys, I've been filling my time with Animal Crossing. I wanted to know, what is your favorite little detail about the game? There are so many of them. The way the leaves flutter in the wind or how Tom Nook will read a book or drink a soda instead of watching you while, in the, while you're in the services tent, etc., etc. Uh, my favorite detail is that sometimes a villager will just sit on the ground under a tree. How cute! Have a good one, Lizzie. I think for me, the thing that I've been appreciating most is kind of like what Lizzie was saying, just like how the villagers have their own seemingly like internal lives. <laughs> yes. And I love how they'll be like standing in the town square and just like singing a song or swaying back and forth or whatever. Um, that really, like, those little details to me really make it feel so, like, lived in. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I, I was going to, uh, mention the, the singing, um, that they'll stand in the town square, uh, and the other night I saw, um, Agnes, who is a pig, and, um, uh, Cookie, who is, like, a pink dog, uh, they were singing a song together, um, which is adorable, but, uh, previously, a couple days before, I saw uh, Cookie, the same dog, hanging out in, in the, the town square, and Ozzy, the koala, was singing a song to her. And she, was just, she just sat there and like, so listened cute. to the song. It's really, really cute. I also, uh, this is not, well, I just really like the little jingle that plays when you go on Dodo Airlines, when it has mm. the little like logo, um, and there's just like a short little brief uh, jingle. I really like that a lot. Um, here's a super basic thing that I love. Um, every time you just switch items, uh, and your little guy just triumphantly, even though it's like for the twenty millionth time, holds up his stone axe triumphantly. <laughs> Everything that happens in that game is a little triumph. I, I love it. Um, I also just love Timmy and Tommy Nook, and when you go into the store, how their eyes will like follow you around if they if they are not following you around. <laughs> Yeah, that's very cute. Um, we both went, Mark was visiting my island, and we both went into uh, Nook's Cranny. Um, and when there are two players in there, uh, they don't know what to do. Because normally they both follow the one player around. But when there are two in there, um, they just sort of stand still and watch you. I haven't seen it myself, because um, I haven't been in the shop when it happened. But apparently at 10 o'clock when Nook's Cranny closes for the night, it has like a special like closing down music that plays. That's uh, adorable. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, last night I like made a special appointment to come back and, and play the game at night because I was having a meteor shower on my island. Ooh. Um, which is just super cool, and you do a thing where you wish. So all you do is just tilt the camera up and push the A button with no uh like item in your hand, and you just do a wish. So, like, the star flares up, and, like, you kind of, like, pray for a second. And every time it happened, it made me happy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, so keep an eye out for, because then the next morning, there are, like, uh, star pieces on the ground all over your island. Man, that's really neat. I wonder, is it something, 
like if I had been online yesterday, would it have happened for everybody? Or is it No, I don't I don't think it's universal. I think it's just like randomly people have meteor showers. I should have invited you. That's really cool. I'll have to look at But also I I wanted all the star pieces for myself. (laughs) Understandable. It's understandable. Uh, uh, Lizzie adds, P.S. Mark, thank you for starting to say at gmail.com with Patrick again. It felt so empty when you didn't. (laughs) For us too, Lizzie. For us too. (laughs) What else have we been playing? Well, of course, we've been playing uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which we'll be talking about more on Thursday. So Mm -hmm. um, I've also picked up a bunch of demos this week and i haven't made my way through all of them yet but i did play the disaster report 4 demo and this is an endearingly weird janky game okay what is it so um basically you are a person and you choose like your character male or female and um you are in japan you're going to a city you've never been to before and uh, a earthquake happens, like a really like bad earthquake, and then you, as far as I can tell in the demo, just kind of like walk around certain areas of the city, um, and you're like interacting with people in these little vignettes. So in mm. the in the store, like in the description of the game, it says that the choices you make affect like who lives and who dies, and I okay in, in the is um. I kind of got stuck in the demo where there was like a part where you're supposed to. <laughs> There's a um, part where everyone died. <laughs> yeah. There was a part where you're supposed to find like three uh, high school students and I could find two of them. But in the area I was in, I, for the life of me, could not find the third. So I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with this. But um, it's really interesting. So like, th- first of all, the game is made with the Unreal Engine, but it f- is like a desperately low budget game and initially it's kind of shocking but it but it's also endearing in a way (laughs) like you kind of like start to roll with it and you're like okay but you're so you're i I played as a guy and i'm on a bus and it's like you get a a lot of like dialogue choices um anytime that or any like you get a lot of choices depending on what uh, is happening so in the beginning you're sitting on a bus and it's like why are you in this city and it gives you like 15 or maybe that's an exaggeration maybe like 10 choices of reasons why and you know it's like i'm here for a job interview i'm here to meet with friends i'm just going for a walk like all this kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and then later that comes back so like an earthquake happens you get off the bus you're walking around there's like these little vignettes like there's an old man sitting in a park and when you talk to him He's like, I've been laid off from work for months, but I can't tell my family. So I've just been coming to the park and eating my lunch alone. And then you have like ch- choices of how you like respond to the situation. You're like, oh, I feel bad for him and hope that he sees better days ahead. Oh, I think he's weak for lying to his family and like all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, there's another one where like this uh, man had... Uh, was from a village outside of the city and had saved up all of his money to go to this job interview and then the earthquake happened and he's like even if even if I they reschedule this interview I don't know that I'm going to have enough money to like make it back to the city and so there's like interesting vignettes like that but I don't really understand how it adds up to them like living or dying and maybe that's part yeah but it was 
interesting. It's unlike any game I've ever played before. It's like a, it really is kind of like a disaster simulation. Like, what would you do after, uh, kind of? I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's also, uh, does it feel weird to be playing that in the current disaster that we're in? No, or does not that really. Not even... I mean, so there was like a, there was a disaster report. So th- there was a game under development. I guess Disaster Report is a series that has been around for at least since the PlayStation 2 era. And mm-hmm. when I was reading about it, it's like, oh, there was a um, Disaster Report 4 in development before that like earthquake that hit Japan in 2011. And then it got canceled. But this feels like not really anal- analogous to like anything that's going on right now. Sure. Um, well, cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We I also picked up we picked up Drawful Two, uh, which is from the Jackbox game guys, and because it's nine cents on the eShop right now, it's a super fun. <laughs> That's no money. <laughs> yeah, it's a super fun like multiplayer game, um, like multiplayer party game where you uh connect to the Jackbox servers and then everybody on their phone or um goes to a certain website. You enter a code, then you're all mm-hmm. playing. Basically, you get like prompts on your phone that are individual to you, and you are trying to like draw whatever that phrase is. So, like mine was like "fishing Mother Teresa," and so you're you are trying to draw that, and then everybody's trying to guess what you drew. Um, yeah. So the way the Jackbox games is set up it would kind of be perfect for right now because you could, if we if I could figure out a way to like stream what's happening on my TV, so maybe I just set up like an iPad. And then, you know, like FaceTime with people or something, mm-hmm. um, we would all be able to play this game together, which would be super fun. Yeah. Look, even though we are a video game podcast, we do not do any streaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also hard. It's hard on the Switch yeah. because like the PlayStation 4 has Twitch streaming built into it. Built you just into like it, click yeah. a button. Um, Switch is not set up for that at all. But anyways, Drossel Switch two. can't even do Mixer. <laughs> and then, okay, finally, last thing that I played. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to play this for a while. It's, it's gone home. It's been available on platforms since 2013. It's on the Switch. I haven't played it on anything. Um, it was on. It's like 15 bucks on Switch normally. It was on sale a couple of weeks ago for maybe 10 Uh, So I picked it up. It is very cool. It's by people who developed the Minerva's Den DLC for Bioshock 2 and then they like coming soon their... to Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And then they ca- and they spun off their own company. And so basically you play as like a college student who's coming home in I think 1996 after you've been in Europe and then to a home that like your family just moved into not that long ago while you were away and everybody is in the home is missing. Like n- your parents aren't there, your sister isn't there. And so you're just, there's no combat or anything. You're just going from like room to room, uh, picking up items and kind of exploring the house to piece together what uh, happened. And it's um, really interesting. It's really good. It definitely didn't go where I thought it was going to go necessarily, but I felt uh, it took me maybe an hour and a half max to play it. And it felt satisfying. you finished it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah it's really short it's um like it's yeah like i said like i played it an hour and a half going in cold not like looking at a guide or anything so um i think it's worth buying it on sale and checking it out it's probably also very cheap on like other platforms at this point um w- did you pick it up on sale on switch 
I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I, I don't have really anything new to report. I've continued to play murder by numbers, um, which, uh, you know, is just more murder by numbers. I, at, at this point I'm, I'm excited just to, uh, play all of scouts memories, um, which are just back to back puzzles. Um, not that I dislike the story elements. I like the story elements quite a bit, but sometimes you just want some puzzles, baby. Totally. All right, so that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get to the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, March 31st, Bubble Bobble for Friends is released for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah! <laughs> Look, I'm excited about this one. I've been excited about this one since it was announced as a possible game coming to Japan. I'm maybe a little bit less excited about it now, knowing that I'm never going to have four friends in the room <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, although the t- times will change. Things will go back to normal at some point. Um, but I, I badly want to play a new Bubble Bobble game. Yeah, who would have ever thought? And sure, right now it'll be Bubble Bobble 2 Friends, but... <laughs> <laughs> at, at most, if I can convince Sarah to play. <laughs> but yeah, um... Kind of like cool that this game exists. Also on Friday, the Coral Color Nintendo Switch Lite is released in the U.S. Um, which is a a pretty cool, good looking uh Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, do when do you think we will see the next color Nintendo Switch Lite? Man, if you had to guess, yeah, the fall. I would guess the fall, and that's only based on um some of the rumors we're going to be talking about a little bit later. So, try, so try, try to remind me um, if I forget when we get there. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, otherwise, there's just kind of a lot of uh, just like kind of garbagey stuff. I guess there was a, uh, a fair amount of stuff that was both um, announced and revealed last week um, in the, uh, um, the direct, but we'll get to that in a second. In fact, uh, in the uh, interest of expediency, uh, let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today we are going to be talking about what we've been reading. Yeah, I feel like one positive side effect of all, everything that's going on right now is I've just had more time to read than I mm. have in the past. And so I've been like enjoying just like diving through books in the way I used to when I was a kid, like on summer break. Um, that's very exciting. I have not found... Uh, so while, while I do have more time, my focus is just shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I have not been very good about reading... Um, or really doing much of anything besides Animal Crossing for long stretches of time. Um, like, I'll go on long walks. Uh, I guess I'm exercising more than I was before. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for me, reading has been a little bit difficult. Yes, yeah, so I, well, I can tell you what I've been reading. Please do. Um, so Sorry, I that's, what I, that's what I meant. Th- <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I finished reading Dead Wake, which, oh man, I should look up the author's name because I'm forgetting it right now. But basically it's by the guy who wrote um, Devil in the White City. 
Oh yeah, sure. Um, Eric Larson, and uh, so this is about the sinking of the Lusitania, uh, which I like knew about from history class, and you know, just like kind of learning about World War One and the American ties to World War One. But one of the things I really like about um, Eric Larson's books. The other ones that I've read is that he does a really good job of taking the historical record, but making it very like interesting. Like he makes everything almost like a like a mystery a little bit, you know, mm, like the same way that yeah. a thil- that a thriller would be written. And so, and uh, so, like I really, really liked this a lot, and the like nautical part of it got me r- really in the mood to read another one. So now I've been reading. Uh, Endurance, which is all about, it was written in the 50s, and it's like the, um, an account of what happened on like the Shackleton expedition, also around uh, World War One era. But basically, it was like a group of British explorers who were trying to cross Antarctica, like the continent. Yeah. But they get stranded, their ship gets stranded in the ice, and then it's about basically like their two-year ordeal to um, make it out of Antarctica. And do they, they have to battle Frankenstein to get out and of Antarctica? And they have to battle Frankenstein, yeah. So I haven't gotten to that part yet, but I know mm. it's building, because why else would you write this book? <laughs> yeah. Why else would you strand people in Antarctica unless they were <laughs> obviously going to encounter Frankenstein? <laughs> and yes, I know it's Frankenstein's monster. Um, what, sorry, what, so what was the name of this? Uh, the second book? Not Oh, Deadwake, the second but... book is Endurance. Endurance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. They both sound good. Um, I guess the only thing that I have been reading is that I am catching up on um, X Men comics. Um, I was uh, I had read the uh, the Jonathan Hickman um, uh, House of X and Powers of Ten uh, miniseries that came out over the summer um, and liked them a lot. Uh, but just like uh, they 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 were such like a unified um, like message about like how x-men are going to work going forward um and i didn't really know like where i uh you know what threads i wanted to follow when like the main series actually launched um but then when i was at uh you know, remember i went to uh chicago a couple weeks ago went to c2e2 like the last comic book convention ever <laughs> um and uh you know i i went to uh, an x-men panel and like saw the writers and artists like kind of talking about uh, both what they were doing now and what they had like in store. Um, so I've uh, like got excited about X-Men from that. And so I've been reading the main X-Men series, which is still written by Hickman. It's awesome. It's super episodic. Oh, I guess we'll uh, never know the rest. I'm also reading Marauders and uh, X-Force and Excalibur, and they're all great. But beyond that, we'll never know. But beyond that, we'll never know. We were accompanied today by pianist Armin Fuchs. All right, Mark. Let's get into the news. Hey, there was a Nintendo Direct Mini last Thursday. Yep, sure was. Um, <laughs> it would have... Look, look, look. We thought there was going to be a Direct, right? Um, we had even sort of built our uh, plan for last week around the fact that there was going to be... Or that there probably was going to be a Nintendo Direct. Um, and then it got too close. Like it was Wednesday, and we were like, "Well, it doesn't look like there's going to be a direct. Um, we'll do this vacation thing, which was fun, and I'm really happy we did it because it was a good time." Um, 
But then here comes the direct. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it turned out to be a mini direct, which I think the last time that they, you know, um, had something like this where they dropped it without any announcement was back in January of 2018, where they did another di- mini direct. And it was the one where Dark Souls Remastered was announced for Switch. and. Sure. Like in the lead up to that one, the internet the internet kind of got crazy, and Nintendo of America just tweeted apropos of nothing. Well, actually, I guess it was very on point, but like the Chibi Robobot, uh, and he was on fire. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, holding his like claws up to the sky. <laughs> um, and so yeah, like you know, there was a lot of fervor on the internet again, um, in the lead up to this. And, uh, but there we go. We, we have our first direct, like direct of the year, albeit a mini direct, but a direct nonetheless. Let's talk about the, that suffix mini, um, because, uh, the direct that you were referring to from January, 2018, uh, was 14 minutes and 22 seconds long. Uh, this one was almost a full half hour. It's like 28 minutes and change. So, um, it, Mini, I don't think is necessarily referring to the length of the presentation, but perhaps to like the like kind of megaton wattage of the announcements um, that like nothing here really blew the doors off anything. And I don't think they were attempting to do that. Right. Totally. Like, I think it has the mini designation because there were no new Nintendo first party reveals. I think that's like the one because yeah. you, you're right. Like length didn't have anything to do with it. Um, I think that's purely the designation. And I think the fact that it is March, it was like kind of the end of March, and we had a Nintendo Direct Mini, and we still don't really know anything about the rest of Nintendo's <laughs> yes. like year or like what their like first party titles outside of Xenoblade Chronicles like remastered. I think that it is safe at this point to temper our expectations of what 2020 is going to look like for Nintendo. Uh, I think that's probably right. Um, so what, one of the, uh, the other things that this um, presentation had that not uh, all Nintendo directs uh, have had is this disclaimer that pops up at the beginning um, and kind of acknowledging like, hey, we're all going through this uh, COVID-19 thing. Um, uh, please note that uh, release dates and other information presented in this video are subject to change. Um, so I think even in like, uh, I-, I don't know that in like the best of times we would have uh, we would have had exactly this presentation or at this point in the year would be like ready to write off uh, Nintendo's 2020. Um, But I think that that is part of an evolving situation that we're all experiencing right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I I also think that like leading up to this point, um, I don't know what you want to call like the insiders or people who Mm -hmm. were talking about Nintendo's 2020 were like, already saying that it was going to be kind of port heavy and not to you know that there were still like good games coming and obviously i think nintendo is going to have at least one big holiday title that we haven't seen yet they're probably gonna have something in september like i think there's gonna be stuff coming out um you know what i I think that 2017 kind of spoiled us 
in a big way. Totally. Because even in the best of times up to 2017, like Nintendo as a first party developer was not, was never like, ha- never had that kind of output. Um, like, yeah, I mean, to, to 2017, I mean, just to, to refresh memories is Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8, Splatoon 2, and ARMS. Like, it's huge. <laughs> like, those are... Oh, and I guess uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 as well. Um, that that all came out in 2017. Um, and, like, we'll probably never see a year like that from Nintendo ever again. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, we've all kind of been... I mean, at least I have in the back of my ma- mind, like, been anticipating another year like 2017. We were like, okay, all these teams have been lying low for a few years, potentially, like, so, of course, we're going to get another, like, double-barreled year like that. And it's, like, it's just totally not realistic. It's also a little strange when, like, last year we got, uh, you know, um, Link's Awakening, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, uh, Luigi's Mansion, a Pokemon game. Um. Uh, uh. What other amazing games came out last year? Bre- uh, F- uh. Fire Emblem. Like, you know, it last year was not a like. It seems like maybe it was a slow year, but also like I just listed like five amazing games. So, uh, you know, I I think we there are still many surprises. Um. And the the direct also said that they were focusing on you know games that were coming out in the earlier part of this year. We didn't get dates for anything past like June, I don't think. Um, so like, you know, there's there's more here that we're not seeing. Uh, this is a mini direct in terms of uh, what they're announcing, which means there's more to announce at some point. Yeah, and you know, we will uh, after we talk about the direct, we'll get into some rumors that broke yesterday about what could be coming for the rest of Nintendo's year. But yeah, for right now, let's talk about what was in the mini-presentation. Um, starting with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which has a release date, and I think this is the latest release date we have for sure, which is um, May 29th. Uh, I could have sworn that we had a June one that was uh, that was locked down somewhere in here, but sure. Uh, June, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Driller Drill Land is out June 25th. <laughs> Oh, well, there you the go. State we have. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, we got like a full trailer for it um, and uh, a release date, which, as you said, is uh, May 29th. We also, they revealed Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected, which is a new epilogue, um, a new story that will ca- cap off the main game that will be exclus- exclusive to this definitive edition. And they also showed off a Xenoblade Chronicles definitive work set, which includes a 250-page art book. Um, does it feel weird to you that there is a uh, a set a uh, a definitive works set that uh, does not include like the other games, <laughs> like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two and the uh, um. Oh boy, I don't remember the uh, Torah, the Golden Country. Like that, there are Torna, other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that they're just like yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one, the definitive works. Well, I mean, I guess it's like Final Fantasy, right? Where each one is its own distinct thing. Um, yeah, so you that's wouldn't, 
so you wouldn't like necessarily lump it together. I don't know. I don't really have any strong feelings about this game. I feel like there were a lot of trailers in the mini direct that have this same sort of vibe, which is like both my favorite and least favorite type of trailers for these JRPGs where it's like a lot of random voiceover dialogue with some story points that I have like no idea what's going on. Um, it <laughs> seems to work for him. It always just seems a little weird to me. Um, yeah, it it was strange how many times the trailer um, uh, announced that Shulk could see the future. <laughs> <laughs> Shulk can see the future. Did you know that Shulk can see the future? Shulk, I didn't know you could do this. Do what? <laughs> see the future. Uh, I know it's a game that has a great reputation. Uh, so for that reason, I'm interested in like picking it up. But um, yeah, I've that's like that is pretty much all we know of Nintendo's 2020 right now is that yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles Wild. is coming out. That next we saw the two gate two uh, K series that are coming to Nintendo Switch. We're getting the Bioshock Collection, which includes Bioshock, Bioshock Two, and Bioshock Infinite. The Borderlands Collection, which includes Borderlands, Borderlands 2, and Borderlands, the pre-sequel. And then the XCOM 2 Collection will all be released on May 29th. Um, which uh, is the same date as Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, so that is a big day, a big release day for the Nintendo Switch. Um, why do you think 2K is uh, dropping all these games on the same day? I don't know. They've all, I think they've all been released on like other platforms before. And I think yeah. they have pretty like distinct audiences. Um, so I don't really know that it's doing any harm. You know, like, I don't know that the people who are going to uh, necessarily buy XCOM 2 are also super interested in a loot shooter like Borderlands. I know for me personally, I think I'm going to pick up the Bioshock, Bioshock collection. Uh, mm -hmm. It'll be another one of those collections that I buy and probably never actually play but I just like the idea of having it. Um, Borderlands, yeah. the Borderlands games, I have the same collection, but on the PS4 already. And XCOM 2, I don't know enough about to form an opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like all of these games are just a little... Like, Bioshock is... Uh, I, I played um, the original and some of Infinite, um, and, like, I don't know that they're games that I necessarily want to come back to. I'm not really a... Um, like first person gun combat kind of guy and i know that it's like reductive to call uh the original bioshock a a first person shooter but it's just not my like it's not like the language i like to speak with games you know um so i will probably end up passing on all of these um unless like the fervor around xcom 2 is because like i have been a very like tactics uh centric game player for the last couple of years like all of the uh fire emblems have been exciting to me i'm still slowly uh working my way through the advanced wars games on uh gba on my uh wii u um so you know i i i may uh may go back into uh, xcom and actually see what that's about Next, we saw a little bit more about the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 DLC pack, the final one, Shadow of Doom, which is out now. Uh, it's, it started with like a trailer showing off the Fantastic Four in action and even those costumes we were talking about last week. Yep. Um, I mean, it, uh, the thing is, it looks and sounds uh, great. Uh, like this is sort of the, for me, the contrast to 
the uh, Xenoblade trailer and the Bravely Default trailer where like the voice clips like where the acting sounds like super hammy or whatever like every all of the Fantastic Four like sounded good and like Doom sounded cool like um, now I wish I had this game or I wish you could come over and we could play it. Yeah, someday we definitely will have to make our way through it. Um, mm-hmm. they, they then showed off Shinseki Into the Depths, which is from Capcom. Um, it was available now, so made available right after the d- direct last Thursday. It's like a 2D underwater Metroidvania game. I think it's been part of the Apple Arcade previously, mm-hmm. um, but this is possibly the first time it's showing up on consoles. Um, looks kind of cool. Yeah, it it does look neat. Um, yeah, this is one that, uh, especially with that like available now, where I'm like, ooh, maybe this is something I want to check out. Um, you know, they they touted some like extra features for it, like a a time attack mode and a jukebox feature, um, that lets you like remix the the music. Although then saying by altering uh filters, and it's like, okay, well that's how much am I really altering it then? <laughs> um, but still, uh, it, it seems like they're uh doing what they need to do to kind of uh you know make the game a a feature complete like console or like at least handheld experience then they talked about the new free update for animal crossing new horizons and uh with the new update you'll be able to access bunny day which is happening april 1st through 12th you'll be able to be visited by zipper t bunny and eggs will be hidden everywhere and you can go on kind of like a um egg scavenger hunt digging up Easter eggs, and then uh, there will be limited time craftable items. Um, Mark, are you as as someone who has spent more time in Animal Crossing than I have? Are you excited for Bunny Day? Are you excited <laughs> I, for a holiday? I don't think I've ever. I, I am excited for a holiday. It's it's fun when that is when those events are happening. I don't know that I've actually ever played uh, an, an like an Animal Crossing game for bunny day like during the spring um they also talked about that later in april earth day is going to be celebrated so it'll be interesting to see what they do for that one uh i i'm already more excited for earth day than i am for bunny day zipper t bunny looks like a monster (laughs) (laughs) i'm convinced that he is not in fact uh like a rabbit but a man in a rabbit costume yeah, we at this Does point we have sense? no proof. Yeah, it it totally makes no proof. proof. Um, next we got another one of those kind of what I used to think were like strange one-off games that Nintendo would publish for the eShop, but now it just seems to be a regular occurrence. It's called Good Job, published by Nintendo, developed by Paladin Games. Uh, again, it was released on Thursday. It's a physics-based, over-the-head like puzzle adventure game. You work as a handyman in an office and like the physics are really loose so there's different ways that you can like accomplish tasks and some of them if you're really careful they don't cause any damage if you're not careful they cause like a ton of damage um yeah it looks it looks fun it looks like good silliness it does look like good silliness it looked uh like the like kind of physics a- engine and just like the chaos that ensues almost uh, gives me vibes of like a single player overcooked almost um, where like you're just going to find yourself 
and it uh, just like maybe screaming at the uh, the systems of the game um, instead of uh, w- screaming at your partner uh, as as you do in Overcooked. Um, but yeah, this game uh, looks interesting and is one that I am, am definitely interested in picking up. Well, so like they there was this one a while back. There was that was it called Stretchers? Like the paramedics yeah. game that again was kind of like physics based. That one was co op. I think it's just really interesting to see Nintendo publish these smaller like indie titles that i mean i guess they're not indie but just from like smaller third-party developers then nintendo is publishing them and they i wonder if they're finding enough of an audience to make it worthwhile for them to continue to do this because it's always so like unceremonious yeah well i mean they they must be finding like some kind of audience but i i like i i think some of it is just um that like you know nintendo obviously is a big developer they develop a lot of games but uh you know they need to kind of keep up this uh flow of new software and new and interesting software so like they're as much like a curator of content as they are a a developer of it um so it's it's cool that they are elevating all kinds of things like this next up was the reveal of catherine full body from atlas coming on July 7th. So there you go. That is probably the latest latest release date that we have. Um, We had seen this rated, I think, from the Korean software board uh, a few weeks ago, but interesting to see it confirmed here. Uh, Next, they showed off a free... Oh, sorry. I I, want to stay on Catherine for just a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is one where it doesn't look like it's getting any uh, any additional features from the uh, PlayStation 4 version that was released a couple months ago, Um, but uh, I don't care. Like this is how I would want to play Catherine is uh, on on a handheld. Um, So that's uh, it's definitely a game that I'm going to pick up. Next, we saw the free update for Ring Fit Adventure. Man, I'm wishing I would have bought Ring Fit Adventure when I had the chance. Uh, so let's let's get let's talk about what the update is and then let's talk about what the problem is with it okay (laughs) so the free update includes a rhythm game mode which has 17 tracks including tracks from mario odyssey splatoon 2 breath of the wild and we fit um there's a ring you can your ring companion has has the option for a female voice now and more language options as well um, there's a jogging option for adventure and quick play game modes. Uh, it seems like it lets you like skip battles and more just do, um, just like just areas like do of the, the game. jogging part of it. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. which is cool. It's cool that they are continuing to support Ring Fit Adventure, uh, including with a new like the rhythm mode. Seems awesome. Seems like if they were just selling. Uh, that as like if they were like this is a rhythm game and you play it with the Ring Fit Adventure controller, I would be excited to just <laughs> I would be excited about the game all on its own. Um, but uh, Ring Fit Adventure, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, is uh, sold out uh, everywhere, and I I was looking to see like what the secondary market was for it uh, over the weekend or at at the end of last week, uh, and it was. People were selling it for in something in the neighborhood of like two hundred seventy dollars, um, and as of like twelve thirty today, Monday, um, the the going rate on Amazon was three nineteen ninety nine, 
So three hundred and twenty dollars, um, which you know is I it, this is maybe just a symptom of um like two things intersecting at once, um the normal like Nintendo scarcity problem, um and the like world scarcity problem of like anything that's even remotely in demand right now is hard to come by, um but man they're intersecting in a way that just means that we're never gonna play this thing yeah yeah but for the people who have art who like already picked it up um and didn't sleep on ring fit adventure it is like a really cool free update yeah totally um also just a a word of warning to anyone who is thinking about um picking up a ring fit adventure from like a third-party seller um, there are some like weird kind of scammy things out there on like eBay um, where people are selling, uh, they're saying it's the game, but it's really like a third party version of the controller that doesn't have the software. Um, so it's normal um, Nintendo limited supply rules um, apply here. If a deal seems like it's too good to be true, it probably is. Next, they showed off King's Bounty 2 with, quote, a fresh look and a new approach. What do you know about King's Bounty 2? <laughs> Nothing. I have already forgotten what this is. So it looked like a uh, like a medieval like tactics uh, role-playing adventure. Oh, game. was it like the Skyrim-looking thing? Kind it of? Just like kind medieval Skyrim, setting? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah I've, I had already forgotten. I knew nothing about it before, and I know nothing about it now. It's, uh, yeah. It, it, the way that they were talking about it, they are like, with a new, more realistic art style. Um, and a new character development system where it's like, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about this game. <laughs> yeah. how, much, how much has it changed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no presumably, presumably exciting for uh, people who are familiar with King's Bounty 2. Uh, mm-hmm. So ne- then we got kind of like a, an interesting announcement, an interesting like half announcement. Um, yeah. They showed off that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Challenger Pack 6 which is the first DLC character in the in the new Fighters Pack? It will be an Arms character, and that's and that yes. is as far as we got. They showed like yeah. all they showed all of the Arms characters, and every then, single one. And then we're like, we're just leaving this here. We'll talk about this more later. Right, and the character will be released in June, uh, and I think sort of the understanding is that it will be revealed and released um, at, at at the same time. Um, so the, uh, uh, Mark, do you have any preferences from the arms lineup? Let's, let's start to speculate here. Let's, let's start to, let's get some wheels spinning here. Patrick, who should it be? That would require me to remember any of the arms characters other than like ribbon girl and spring Mm -hmm. boy. Spring man. No, spring man. (laughs) (laughs) Says spring man is already an assist trophy. So I'm going to assume that he's out. Um, they, uh, there was language in the direct saying uh, that uh, this fighter's arms can extend. Um, so technically, that rules out Twintel, who fights with her hair and not her arms, um, and Mechanica, who fights in a mechanical suit, because her arms don't actually stretch. But I guess technically everyone else is, uh, is fair game. So it could be that mummy guy. It could be uh, Nin. Jara, it could be Min Min. Like the goo um, thing? Yep, could be the goo thing. It could be Max Brass. It could be the bad guy, right? It could be anyone. Um, 
but also i i think that the uh the thing about the the fighter's arms can extend they're making a lot of ex we're extending the deadline on this mm-hmm. um so I don't think we need to take that literally. I think it should and could and will be Twintel. She's a star, baby. <laughs> I I think it's going to be one of those like uh, Koopa Kid situations where it ends mm. up being maybe all of them. They have the same move set, but they um, just have like different skins. Maybe, maybe. I I hope they do not do that. I I hope that they like pick one and commit to it and uh, you know make it specific to that character just because you know like the goo guy is so different um and both like max brass and the mummy are also very like you know they're heavy characters like they are they play differently enough in arms that uh i think they should also play differently in smash but you know uh we'll see in june i guess yeah not that far away also, uh, ARMS is getting a free game trial for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers. It started on March 26th and runs through April 6th. So this is something that we've seen them do in Japan more recently. Um, but this is the first time I think that it's happening in the U.S. where you have full access to the game. It's not a test punch. It is like feature complete. If you have a Nintendo Switch Online subscription, you can just play the game. Uh, which is uh, pretty cool, and ARMS is fun. Like, ARMS is definitely a game that is worth checking out. It's a hard game to recommend, because, um, like, you know, I, I liked it, but, you know, I, should I have purchased it? Uh, probably not. Um, but, like, should you try playing it for free? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we saw Bravely Default 2 with... A uh, demo is available now. So Patrick, uh, mm-hmm. I downloaded this demo, but didn't have a chance to play it. How about you? Uh, so I did download the demo. I played through a very little bit of it and then decided, I don't think this is for me at all. <laughs> um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, so the uh, there was a trailer in the Direct 2. Um, and you know, they kind of, it kind of lays out, uh, some of the same things that you'll see in the demo. Um, but you know, it's a very classic, like square RPG setup of there are four crystals. They represent the different elements and there are four heroes and they are working together to do something with the crystals. <laughs> um, and you know, the, uh, like the presentation of this game is just very strange. The, the backgrounds are all like really painterly and cool like everything all all of the backgrounds look very neat and they look like they are out of a storybook almost um and then that is juxtaposed with these borderline low poly character models that are running through it and it's got like the same level of um like dissonance uh, as like Final Fantasy VII, when you're looking at like the pre-rendered backgrounds and your like low poly characters running through them, where it's just like they they do not appear to be of the same world. Um, so like there's that, and then there's like all of the acting is like super hammy. Um, one of these characters whose name is Elvis has like a thick Scottish accent, and it just like doesn't make any like it. The character doesn't look Scottish. Uh, he doesn't. Like nothing, I don't know, nothing in the demo felt like real or interesting to me. Um, and then I got into battle um, and was like, oh, this, I, the, it's such a, uh, 
Uh, it's just like a standard um, turn-based system, but then also with this like uh, kind of gambling, like risking spending your BP points to take extra actions. And um, it just, I don't know, like nothing about it grabbed me. Uh, and I, like it just, this was a really bad first impression for me. Yeah, it's interesting. So I haven't I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but even aesthetically, the game makes me appreciate how much like the look of Octopath Traveler really worked for that game. Yes. And I can appreciate them not wanting to do that for like the Bravely Default series as well and kind of have it be that is like Octopath's look. And when we eventually see a direct sequel to Octopath Traveler or any type of like sequel in that world, um, that it'll probably have that same sort of aesthetic. But it this one looks cheap to me, like and yeah. Octopath Traveler was able to hide a lot of that um, in like its presentation. Whereas when you're using these like little three D chibi characters, like. It's hard for me to not see the Final Fantasy 15 mobile characters when I totally. like look at this. I am hopeful because I did like Octopath Traveler so much, and I think it's interesting. You know, they're they're doing the same thing they did with Octopath Traveler. They released a demo. They're going to take feedback from that demo and make changes to the final game. But yeah, I'm still interested to play the demo. How did you play through like to the end? of the demo like no. is there a definitive end no. or were you just like after a while you're just like i've seen enough uh so i i played like really a very little bit of it um you know i i normally will uh kind of like tough these things out and like really try to get to the end of a demo um but like uh you know i i died in like the fourth or fifth battle and was just like all right i i don't i don't need i don't need to experience this anymore um so, I mean, it's it's not it's not a good sign when after twenty five minutes I'm like, ugh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, um, but I'll be interested to hear what your experience of it is, or any of our listeners, if uh, if you played it and are really enjoying it, um, you know, shoot us an email, let us know. We next we got like a kind of weird, unexpected, I will say, Nintendo first party title, which is Clubhouse Games. It's fifty one <laughs> games that. Some apparently have online multiplayer, but they're games that you've like heard of, right? Like uh chess, checkers, backgammon, the tanks game that looks like it's pretty much from uh Nintendo Land. Like yeah. just like a real grab bag of multiplayer games coming out on June 5th. It is the uh it is the we play of uh 2020, I think is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Uh, except the problem is it doesn't come with a free Wii remote. Like, we played it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, like, another one that, uh, you know, if, if it had been released in, like, February or something, now we might all be happy that it exists. But Totally. Yeah, just kind of like a weird one to spend so much time on. Uh, next we <laughs> yes. got next we got a look at Ninjala, which was the free to play like Ninja Splatoon ripoff like game that comes out on May twenty seven. Yeah, we, Mark, you and I saw this uh, briefly at E three this year. Uh, they had like a big booth at the front of like uh, the 
hall that Nintendo was in. Um, and yeah, it just like I can't see it without it just looks like Splatoon to me, which Splatoon is yeah. fun, mm-hmm. but like I'll just play Splatoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and the mechanics are obviously different. You're like ninjas instead of trying to ink a bunch of area, but just like aesthetically, it looks so much like a, yeah. you know, just like, uh, do you remember when you were, uh, when we were younger and there would be like the Disney version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, then you would be with your mom at the grocery store and they would have like videos in the checkout aisle and it would yes. be, you know, like family home entertainment presents. Like, that is what Ninjala seems to me. Um, God bless the developers, yep. though. <laughs> Next, we got a little bit of Star Wars news. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Wars. Academy, which was the first game, uh, is available now. The second game had been released a couple of months ago, maybe last September at this point. Mm-hmm. And then also we got an announcement that Star Wars Episode One Racer is going to be coming soon to Switch. And this honestly was probably my reveal of the game just because you and I had played it not that long ago. And it made me very, I was uh, surprised at how much I liked it when we played it together. And I am excited for it to be coming to Switch. So point of order, uh, when we played Star Wars Episode One Racer, we were actually playing Star Wars Racer Revenge, which is the sequel or like the souped up version of uh, the original Star Wars Episode One Racer. So it's a slightly different game. Oh. But look, the, we are not going to uh, suffer from having too many pod racing games on our uh, current generation hardware. So like, bring it on. Bring on Episode One Racer. As long as I can annoy my husband by constantly saying, now this is pod racing. Yippee! <laughs> It'll be great because he's never seen the Phantom Menace, so he has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're a saint, Mark. <laughs> uh, next, we saw the Panzer Dragoon remake. Um, it's a time console exclusive that's available now on Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have too much to say about that, but I, I am interested because it does look like a Star Fox game, but on a dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It does. Uh, next, it was Sizzle Real Time. We got Trials of Mana, which is out April 24th. Is that right? I think so, yeah. And, I downloaded uh, the demo. demo for that as well. Yeah. I did too, but I have not played it. Same. Uh, Fuser, which is some kind of DJ game coming fall 2020. The Elder Scrolls Blades, which is another game we saw at E3 that was supposed to be released, I think, last fall, but has been delayed, um, is now tentatively scheduled for spring 2020. Warhammer 40k Mechanicus, May 2020. Vigor, which has a closed beta April 9th. I have already forgotten what this is. It's some kind of violent, shooty, tactical... <laughs> this is one where I was like, I don't want that on my <laughs> I don't want that on my Switch. <laughs> Followed by Burnout Paradise Remastered, which is coming sometime this year. EA slowly trickling out a couple of remasters here and there. Um but Burnout Paradise Remastered is a uh, a, a a game that's held in pretty uh, high regard um by fans of the genre. So, uh it's uh, cool that it's cool to see this one like snuck into the sizzle reel at the end here. Yeah, so this is actually the only burnout game I've ever played in the 
the PS3 era, me and my friend would, we spent just hours driving around. I think it might actually have been called Paradise City. You know, like, um, uh, so the grass is green and the girls are pretty. (laughs) I remember it being very, very fun. Um, so, you know, this one piques my interest because I have a lot of fond memories of this game. Uh, then, you know, part of the sizzle reel was Saints Row 4 Reelected, which we talked about. It came out last week. The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3, coming out on June 30th. There's also a demo for this, which I've downloaded but have not played. Uh, Mr. Driller Drillland comes out June 25th. And then Minecraft Dungeons, which is coming out in spring. Um, so a pretty good sizzle reel. And then or a pretty okay sizzle reel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then finally at the end, a uh, little bit more of the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass. Um, not much new here. Your Cub Fu evolves differently based on which trial tower you take on. And then evolve starters get Gigantamax forms, which um, again, still not sure I understand. But you get those as a reward for playing the Isle of Armor. Which, uh, the Isle of Armor is the first expansion and is scheduled to be released by the end of June. So that is, uh, the entirety of the Nintendo Direct Mini. Um, Mark, what, what is, what's your, what's your, is there, like, an announcement on here that is, like, uh, big and exciting? Like, what, what is the big exciting announcement here for you? Yeah, for me, it really is Star is Wars one? Racer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of, like, meat on the bone here. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, everything seems like a, a pretty soft announcement. Not that I'm, like, upset about it, um, but, like, you know, th- this could have been a, a series of um, of tweets, and I would have been, you know, I feel like it would have been the same experience for me. So I think if this was a Nintendo Direct Mini that we were getting after we had like a traditional Nintendo Direct in like January or something, where we were getting those Nintendo first party announcements that get our blood pumping, like this was a perfectly respectable, respectable mini. Um, I think it's just let down a little bit by like the weight of expectations. Yeah, totally. But, so that wraps up the mini. Again, we didn't hear anything about Nintendo first party, but there have been some other rumors that are maybe giving us a little bit of insight into what we can expect this year. Um, to, to Yesterday, several sites, uh, Jamatsu, Eurogamer, VGC, all reported rumblings of Nintendo remastering and re-releasing multiple Mario games for Switch in celebration of Mario of the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers release which is 2020. Yes. Um so I I believe uh by this point basically everyone is reporting on on these rumors but as rumors. Like um I don't know that anyone has come out saying like these are for sure happening. Obviously Nintendo's not confirming anything. Um but uh, uh, v- VGC um, specifically called out Super Mario Galaxy and suggested that a couple other 3D Mario favorites um, would also be in the running here for um, like remastering or re-releasing. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say that you know, like one of the sites, and I forget which one it was, basically said like what they had heard is that Nintendo was working on a Mario All Stars two esque type of thing where it would have 
Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and the two Galaxy games. It's unclear if that means that they are intending to release that as one package or if, you know, they're going to um, release each one as a separate release. Uh, and, like, what does remastered mean? Like, I have, how does, how do the analog sticks from the GameCube controller work on Switch? Like, um, I have a lot of questions. This is really exciting to me, but I have a lot of questions. Yeah. And how does the uh, the trigger work for uh, Mario Sunshine? Because there was an analog trigger, um, which obviously the, uh, the Switch doesn't have. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of this, uh, to me, feels like the kind of thing... I mean, remember how Nintendo celebrated the, like, 25th anniversary? Was, like, just re-releasing... Uh, the original Mario All Stars on a on a Wii disc, um, like I'm sure they're hearing about something, and I'm sure something is going to come out. But like, I don't know. I think we are all setting ourselves up for some epic disappointment if we think there's going to be a super a a Mario All Stars two that includes like three full fledged 3D Mario games, like fully remade. Uh, in HD and widescreen, like, I, I'm, that sounds great. It sounds great. I don't think it's real. I think it's possible that they could be releasing them as, like, distinct releases and that they're all just, like, coming out in celebration of Mario's anniversary. Um, I guess the thing for me that, let's say this is true, is mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, when you get into uh, an artist and or a musician or a band and you're like, great, I'm going to like add their entire discography to, you know, Spotify. Yes. And it's like too much good stuff. Like this would almost be like too much good Mario. Yeah. What if, if those four Mario games came out in a collection tomorrow, which, what, what would you do? Would you play like just a little bit of each of them? Would you, uh, try to do them in like release order. Like, what would you even play? It's overwhelming. It is. I mean, I hope it's a problem we have later this year. <laughs> I hope we have to have these discussions. Also, as part of these rumors, is that um, Super Mario 3D World would also be getting like a deluxe release on Switch, which makes it again makes a ton of sense. It's yeah. kind of the big outlier of Wii U games that has not made it to switch yet. Yeah, and that that is a another uh like dream come true kind of announcement for me, but one that actually seems uh possible um and like in line with what um Nintendo has been doing with their first party um Wii U releases uh eventually bringing them over to Switch. It is weird that this one has been left out for so long. It'll also be interesting to see, like, if they if it is a deluxe release, what they add to, like, or what they change to give it that mm -hmm. moniker. Like, are there going to be new levels, new, like, worlds? Like, what will what form will that take? New characters? Uh, Toadette and Nabbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, uh, Venture Beats' Jeff Grubb, who reported on the existence of last week's Nintendo Direct before... Like, we knew about it and took a beating from the internet on, like, Wednesday when nothing had been announced. And he was like, I'm never doing this again. 
and I don't blame you. Um, he reported that he also mentioned that a Paper Mario game is in development, which, quote, represents a return to the franchise's roots. Oh, okay. So this is another uh, one of those, like, uh, Paper Mario fans, like, just want to see the game return to uh, the GameCube era. Um, and would that be great? Of course it'd be great. Um, of course we all want to see that. Uh, but like, is that what, uh, Paper Mario even is anymore? This one feels like a very, uh, wish fulfillment-y kind of thing, uh, to me. Um, again, could be real, but it, it, it just, it feels like someone saying like, oh yeah, and they're bringing back the team of, uh, super metroid to like make it you know or like a mother three like any of these like kind of things where it's just like these are all our dreams come true and uh dreams don't come true that often so i'm less skeptical than you i guess i'm willing to wish harder and yes like (laughs) if i um if it doesn't end up happening, it will hurt more as well. So this mm-hmm. this this isn't the first that I've been seeing of like these reports. People have been talking about for months now that there's a new Paper Mario game coming this year that like says the same thing that uh, Grub said here, where it is kind of like returning to the series roots. That being said, um, mm. who knows what the genesis of all of this is, right? Like, is it one person? And everybody's just hearing it from the same person. Like, it's impossible to know. Do we all, you know, remember Star Fox Grand Prix? So, yeah. You know, like, it's just... Man. Right. Like, and I think it's all with, like, good intentions. Like, nobody... Right? But uh, it's just really difficult to know exactly where all this is coming from. That being said, it all makes a ton of sense to me. Except maybe how did intelligent systems make Fire Emblem Three Houses and also make um a new paper mario game but stranger things have i happened. mean if yeah if if they're even the the company doing it like what if uh uh oh what is the the name of the company that was doing the mario and luigi um, oh alpha games? dreams well they're bankrupt yeah so <laughs> well sure but being bankrupt never stopped anyone from doing business <laughs> i mean i think they are gone but point taken it doesn't have to be <laughs> intelligent systems right uh, and finally, Netflix has announced that they are Castlevania. Finally is in, like, finally, this is the last item that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Not like, wow, Netflix, we were really all tapping our watches waiting for this to happen. Uh, Netflix has announced that their Castlevania animated series is coming back for a fourth season sometime in the future, which means, of course, you can look forward <laughs> to our friend Colin J. Morris, his return at some point. <laughs> In the future. And we'll each watch a third of the season, (laughs) I promise. At most. At most. Well, a third plus one episode. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we all did this last time. Oh, my gosh. What if this Uh, is like a 14-episode season or something like that? Something just really cruel. I feel like then we need to get, uh, like... We need to bring in more people. I'm not going <laughs> to. It's It was very fun to only watch three episodes of the series and then explain it to each other. If you haven't checked out our episode uh, recapping Castlevania season three, uh, you owe it to yourself to uh, go listen to it because it was a fun time. Um, okay, Mark, let's get out of the news. And 
And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. Um, and remember, on Thursday, we are talking about Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. So any observations or memories or whatever you have um, about that game, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, <laughs> then we can talk about them on the show. Um, you can also check out our Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.